What on earth is that? It's a Journey in the Comics Network production! All I brought my pencil! What do you wanna do with your life? Walk on home, boy! Yeah! What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the second episode of Rank 'em All. Today, we're looking at Metallica's Ride the Lightning, as this is the show where we take an artist or band and go all the way down its discography. We rank each song that gives us the album rank, and in a sense, we do, in fact, rank all them some bitches. We have a panel of four here today with us. I am one of your panelists, Brendo, and joining me, he is the maestro of doom, Nick Maxson. What's up, everyone? Nick also is the host of Brews with Dudes, Dungeons with Dudes, and he pretty much his plate is full. I and we're very, very gracious that we can be a small little smidget of a of a serving on that plate for Mister Nick. Thank you so much for being with us here today. Also Thank here, you for having you. absolutely. Also here today, he's the host of Podcast V Dick. What's up, Dick? Hey, what's up? <laughs> we're back here again to rank Ride the Lightning, and also. Podfather, Nate Phillips. How you doing, bud? Hanging in there, man. Seeing some lag happen. Hopefully we're going to survive that. But uh, mm-hmm. other than that, I think we're doing great. I'm really excited that we're officially now into episode two of Rank Em All. Episode one was a very fun first little venture in to see what we were going to do. Of course, as you guys know, I am Mr. Notes. So I do, in fact, have notes again this week for the show on Ride the Lightning as we go through the Metallica discography. And you guys, awesome to have the big four here back again to discuss this. Uh, what have you guys been up to? Anything good? We've just been hanging out. I took the dog doing, out. Doing the damn thing. We are doing the thing. Oh, yeah. uh, Metallica, Ride the Lightning, is their sophomore album and features the band members James Hetfield, Lars Ulrich, Cliff Burton, and Kirk Hammett. This is also the first band to actually have writing credits for all active members of the band, as well as a little bit more Dave Mustaine thrown in there just for fun. The album was recorded in February to March 1984 and was released in July 27, 1984, one year after Kill 'Em All came out. This album comes out. So that wow. just damn. Yeah. Like that just goes to show you they already had those songs from Kill 'Em All pretty much done. And they went in the studio, banged it out, hit the road, they started touring, you know, started hitting starting hitting the club scene, started opening up for some major acts. And then the come, coming around, they were writing the songs from this album as they were touring, and they, it was time to hit that studio again. I actually do know how much was uh, was spent on this album, and that is because they, when they recorded the album and released it, they were still on Megaforce Records. But this is the album that got them signed to Elektra, because Megaforce had to pay, of course, you know, like you know, the album cost. And they couldn't afford it. It was it was originally budgeted for twenty thousand. Ended up costing about thirty thousand. Jeez. And so, because of that, the uh, Metallica's European dis- uh, dis- distributor had to help cover the cost of the album. Then, then, then of course, they got on Electra. Electra repressed it with a couple of bonus tracks, and we were off the races. And of course, then that's their they're signed to a major label on their second album, having been released. That's. They were on a roll, and a lot was happening very fast for them because when you think about it, they have only been a band for like two years at this point, and they've been—I mean, they're they're signed to a major label, 
And uh, Ride the Lightning was not the first album under that label. It would be the next one. But, like, you can see their growth in the music writing already. You can see their growth as far as, like, their presentation. And, uh, but the real growth with the backing of a major label behind you to help push that album out. Now you're getting on the road with some bigger acts. Now you're really putting this, the, your music into the zeitgeist of, of, of the, the people going to these shows probably aren't going to see them. They're, they're, they're going to see somebody else, but who's leaving the impression that's Metallica. And that is something that is something that would continue on into the next album phase as well. Uh, because they they they're they're still not doing their own headline tours yet, but Ride the Lightning comes in at forty seven minutes twenty five seconds. Um, I hit you with the uh, at the end of Kill 'Em All. I told you how many albums it sold in the United States. Kill 'Em or Ride the Lightning has six million copies sold for six times platinum, uh, and they also have platinum in Canada, Australia, Germany, UK, Denmark. <laughs> Uh, which those have different varying levels of how many albums you have to sell. Uh, in, in the United States, it's, it was always a million to be platinum. So this album is a heavy hitter and has a lot of bangers, as we've said. The, the, we said that word in the last album. You know, that album had one certifiable banger, and this one I think has multiple. Uh, guys, the album, we're just going to kick right into it unless you guys have something more to add before we start. Fight get Fire with Fire is the opening track. Has writing credits for Cliff Burton, Lars Ulrich, <clears throat> James Hetfield. Nick, I'm gonna start with you this time. What what was your first thoughts upon hearing "Fire with Fire" for this time around? Uh, this is this is one that that I've uh, listened to for years and years and years now. Uh, it's it's a banger. <laughs> it, it, it is a banger. Um, uh, I love I love the vocals. Um, I gave it a 7.5 um, on my ranking. It ended up coming down pretty far on the list of like the, the way I ranked the songs on the album. Yeah. Um, but it's still just an absolute banger. One of my, one of my favorite Metallica songs ever. Well, it, it definitely has, even though it's lower on the list, this, the whole, this, so there are only eight songs on the album. There's a lot of good company on this album uh, for sure. Oh, yeah. They definitely bring it. Uh, Dick, let's hit you oh. up. Oh, I'm going to give this one an eight. Uh, again, this this album is banger after banger after banger. Uh, I love this album. Uh, fight fire with fire. Fight fire with fire. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. It's just, it's just, it's just banger. I can't say any, anything more than Nick already said. Like, <laughs> but, I didn't say much. Yeah, he but did. you guys, you it's guys, a great it's you a great guys have not said what Nate's notes say. Nate, what do your notes say? I know. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, okay, epic intro. Like, mm-hmm. oh my god, that beautiful like acoustic harpsichordy guitar vibe. Just you're like, wait, what is this? I've not heard this from Metallica yet at all. There and, was like, and who wrote no that? acoustic guitar? Uh, I'm gonna guess Cliff probably that, wrote that. That was a that was a lick that Cliff would play on on the road on tour on the on their shitty ass bus that he just kept playing over and over again and they worked it into the intro to fire fire with fire. That is like to just step in for a really quick second. Exactly sure. what I was talking about when we talked about the first album and how like a lot of those songs were already kind of done when they got to the out al- or got to the you know, studio to just write it, like real record them, get them out there. Let's get the album out so we can go tour. Then them being around cliff, them being around each other, learning how to gel together as a band and as people, and how they bleed into each other's personality, it shows you right away 
with the beginning seconds of the first song on the second album, this is a different Metallica. This is a more seasoned, this is a better rounded Metallica. And that intro just, uh, it's so good. It's so good. So uh, the main riff of the song, you know, that whole thing uh, maintains the signature Metallica style. You don't forget. Oh, this is still the band that I loved the last album. The beat is just the beat is actually on the upbeat for that riff. Whereas like a lot of times when you're like when you're doing like the percussion work, you go on the downbeat for that. It's opposite. It's on the upbeat. So playing along with that feels weird. It feels and it's like you when you're playing guitar and you're trying to learn that you're just like, wait, how do a lot of people don't play it right. And that's because they're they're in their mind. They're playing on the downbeat. It's really weird and intricate. I remember hearing that a long time ago. And a lot of people who are working on like studying Metallica's writing styles like this was weird and probably something that Lars did because Lars was coming from that European mindset of just totally. being completely different. And that's what. In a, in a way, makes Metallica unique. You know, Lars isn't going to be the guy that says, "Oh, hey James, let me show you how to play that here. I think you should do this instead." He's going to be the guy with the he he's like the architect. You know, James is over there with his riffs. He goes, "Maybe if we move that here, maybe play go ba 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 a couple more times, and then I come in with a pa pa pa." I'm like, "Okay, let's try it," and then they do it, and somehow it works out. <laughs> uh, thematically, I think this. In just the lyrics, thematically, this is already way more mature than all of Kill 'Em All. Mm-hmm. Like, you, it's just like, and I don't mean to be like, I'm not trying. I, but again, how old they're are they? they're a little, they're getting older, they're more seasoned, and now they have real world shit hit their bubble that we don't necessarily, as people, even know because it's their own journey or whatever that's affecting and influencing their uh, their mentality. Uh, James sets into a very, a much more rough tone in his vocal palette for Fight Fire with Fire. It's not as, um, you know, it was a little, and I don't, I don't, no disrespect, it was a little more glam on Kill 'em All. It starts to become a little bit more death metal with where he's placing his lyrical voice. And uh, it, 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 it's awesome. Uh, the atomic ending is fucking incredible. It just has this like decay of just. Oof, everything goes wrong. The song is an 8.25 for me, and that's my final thought. Again, with the anti-war motif uh, and yeah. anti-revenge, this song is really hits those themes. And this song is arguably one of probably the thrashiest song on the album, and it's the opener. Like when we think of Metallica and what they you know, and them in the big four, and we think of all these different all these great thrash bands, uh, to be fair, Metallica the first album is straight up thrash and, and this album is starting to deviate because we have a couple songs in here that are like definitely not what you would consider like thrash songs. Whereas like when you have like a, a band like Slayer that kind of kept to their style until like the late nineties, but like, you know, they, they, they make Slayer albums, you know, Megadeth. They kind of did this. Like, they tried some new things that didn't really, you know, they basically, yeah, Metallica and Megadeth kind of went on a similar journey, but different. Metallica from the get-go was like, you know what? We're still a thrash band. We're still doing this stuff, but we're going to throw in a, a few little sprinkles of salt and pepper in here to really round it out. And they did that here, and I gave Five Fire with Fire an eight. And uh, so out of the gate, pretty pretty well-ranked 
right there. And then we have the the title track, as we mentioned on the last episode. They kind of did a run of albums where it's track two is is, is is the title track and happens to be a big epic, Ride the Lightning. Dick, I'm going to start with you. On this listen-through of Ride the Lightning, what did you think of Ride the Lightning off of Ride the Lightning? Ten. 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 I remember the first time I tried to play, I actually tried to learn that riff, and I realized, oh, it's it's a harm. It's me, idiot. Oh, it's two guitars. I It sounds weird. I don't want to keep playing this. Uh, but no, I, I, I do want to actually get back to learning that song, because... God damn, that song is so good. That is in the air. Stuck in the erect chair. I, I flubbed that up this a little bit. but happening to me. Oh, too. my. What? Oh. <laughs> I thought something was <laughs> over there. I'm like, what? No, What's going on? No I, I, no, I got the vinyl here. And Mine's in the Grab it. Now, Nate, do you have an original one or one of the newer re-released? Uh, it's one of the Blackened Records Blackened? re-releases. Okay, yeah. I do have an original pressing of Justice, though. Um. I really like not digging the fact that they just took pictures of them like in their underwear hanging out in the backstage. <laughs> like, like, yeah, that's metal. What I do like, oh, oh, oh I like here. That's my brand of metal. Lar- <laughs> Lars Ulrich plays Tama drums exclusively. Ooh, <laughs> interesting. Exclusively. So, uh, Dick gave that song a fucking ten. His second ten. Yeah, All I love, dude, I love dude. that song. He's got a bag full of tens, don't you, Dick? I do. Nick, I, I love giving love. Yeah, where it served. Nick, so, what do you got to say, my man? Uh, I love it. It's great. Uh, I gave it a what? I give it seven point five. I gave it seven point five too. I'm, I'm, I guess I'm being a little. I'm a little more stingy than the dong master over there. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a uh, it's. It continues the trend of just kicking ass at the very beginning of this album, not not giving up a bit. So, I love it. What would I give it? It's down there. It's uh, I I give it six out of eight on the on the overall album. But this this is one of my favorite albums by them. So it, I got I got tons of favorites on this. Not easy to do this. Yeah, yeah not easy. Yeah, it it feels shameful to say it's six out of eight, but it's like well. You got five brothers. You got five brothers with you that really really killed it. So. <laughs> Uh, is it me? Am I up now? Am I guys? Oh, it shit. is your turn, Mister Notes. Okay. So first thing, I don't know if we mentioned, and I don't know that we did have it yet at all. The writing credits for each song. Um, I did for the first one. I have not done yet for Red the Lightning. No. That was... I think that I want. I'm. I don't know this. This is me guessing. I didn't look. Does Mustaine have a credit for Red the Lightning? He does. James, Cliff, Lars, and Dave. Uh, okay. Are, which are is credited that's here. an awesome yeah okay so the first line more angular riffing and i meant that by when you're listening to it it has very angular feels lots of spider riffing like mustaine likes to do you can hear it in the song that riff in particular yes double bass thrash still grooves like it has double bass in this song and it's still groovy how do you do that i don't know they do kick up like the intensity on this song a couple different times where they just do you like the pre-chorus or like the bridge? It's like they just go into like another level of just heaviness. And yeah, the, 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 yeah, the song kind of does this a little bit. It, it's not as like progressive as maybe like four horsemen is with the huge middle part, but it definitely like 
just like Nick said, it, it carries that momentum forward that they established with the first song, and they don't lose it. Uh, midway through, they have a slow jam where they pull it back a little bit, and uh, it's very real. Like It still feels like Metallica from the first album when they would do that in Four Horsemen, like you were just saying. Um, but beautifully crafted. I'm pretty sure it's got to be a Kirk solo there. I don't think James is jamming that solo. Uh, the dueling lead jam coming out of that's really great. Another thing that I really liked. And then that infectious groove that we get going into the final verse that takes us out of the song. All these parts make it uh, one of my favorites on the album. Probably the fourth highest rated, third highest rated. 9.25 for me. 9.25 from And let eight. me mention... Brando, that when we saw Metallica back March of this past year, they did a majority of this album at that show. I think they, they played like four or five songs from the album. Yeah, and that uh, one, which was I missed. Awesome. Oh awesome. no, it, it, it definitely was a great show. I gave the song a nine. Uh, this song just what it like what has been said. Uh, what 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 can I say that hasn't been said? That this song kills, and I do think that while they do kind of go forward with their progressiveness and we see that with justice later on this song doesn't you know it, it, i don't think they go as far with it that's what i was kind of trying to trying to say with its comparison comparison to four horsemen because i even the slower part in the middle i don't feel like it slows it down as i, I feel like the song just kind of keeps going at a like at a certain pace and doesn't really stop but the next song is definitely a slower jam and is what can be often considered to be the first real departure from their thrash. For whom the bell tolls. Dick, what do you got for me? Uh, this is what I like to call a fist thrower. You know, <laughs> you're, you're sitting, not, not like the pit, you know, but yeah. you're just sitting there just fucking, mm, mm. Yeah. Uh, I give this song and a half because it's really up there. I love this song. It's just one of those all-time greatest hits bangers for Metallica. Uh, the bass in the beginning, the and then Kirk coming in. Oh, mm. classic! Song. Love the song. So, so just to reiterate, make sure I got that eight and a half for uh, for Eight and a half. Eight and a half. All right. All right, Nate. What do you got for me? What do your notes got for me? First line, ah, there's Cliff really shining. And yep, this is really first like album two. This is where I'm gonna come in and show you who the fucking boss is, you know. And he does. Oh God, you know, boo doo 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 boo doo. Oh my God, it's watch amazing. that. Anyways, watch that day on the green video. If you amazing footage with him, he's got the misfit shirt on. Yeah, he's fucking throwing his hair all crazy and going wild it's from 1985 i believe or whatever it's metallica I think you can see it year and a half in the life is where you see that footage uh or cliff them all i know it's on cliff them all yes but i know you can find it on youtube guys go check it out metallica playing for whom the bell tolls live day on the green for for mtv and the camera is really fixated on cliff when he's doing this intro and it's just again to see an artist at work you know i think that that bass lead is haunting and powerful that's in my notes mm-hmm um, but then when it comes out of that into the bum, 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 the, the, like the, it just, there we go again. There's that groove. They're metal, but they're fucking groove. I just, I don't want to ever forget when we're doing rank them all, how much this band really is groovy. They have so much rhythmic swagger. It's almost sickening. Uh, 
Back to my notes here. Epic guitar lead, obviously, constant chills on my re-listen. I mean, this song has a little bit of a different soft spot for me and Brando more personally. This was the one of the first two songs we ever covered in our band Draxis back in the day, and we put a lot of work in, and there was a lot of funny, awkward times figuring out how to play this song that I'll never, I'll never forget. That's probably for another podcast. Uh, the dueling leads in the post-chorus are maybe some of the best in their in their entire catalog just it's so amazingly done uh lars really finds the pocket in this song this is the first time i think lars really has control of of being a bigger part of their of their punch you know he's usually a great accenter in all the other songs we've heard so far but this he's really knowing where to help the guitar just kick it in the nuts uh the whammy bar ending makes the chaos just that just kirk just trying to kill his guitar through the whammy bar you know uh 9.5 9.5 from nate and last but not least well i guess i haven't done mine yet but nick what do you got for me uh i'll start off i give 8.5 uh this is three out of eight for me uh one of my favorites um like it's a total it's a departure from everything they've done so far uh, the buildup is one of the one of the most epic they've ever done, um, and it just it's fucking awesome the whole way through. It's a uh, uh, what do you a fist banger? Is that what you called it? <laughs> thrower, a fist thrower, thrower. A fist thrower. That's Definite right. Fist thrower, fist head pumper. banger, one hundred percent fresh certified banger. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. I gave this song a nine as well, and feel like man, uh, again. Like Nate said, having those kind of like strong ties to my own musical journey, learning this song inside and out, uh, even messing with the song ourselves to give it a little different pizzazz. Maybe when maybe we shouldn't have really even done that. The song kills it, kills it enough. Um, and this is this is the song that that has been a staple for the band in their live sets for thirty years. It still gets a huge reaction, you know, especially when that. When 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 they play it live and Lars just hits that bass drum, thud 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 thud, bah, bah, bah. and then he hits it with that with those drums and everyone knows exactly what it, like what they're going into. It, it it is a song that you know just like Seek and Destroy. As soon as you hear that first note, you know what song it is. Mm-hmm. You know, is as soon as Lars starts hitting with that little like bass drum beat and gets everybody kind of like throwing their fist and chanting, <laughs> "Hey." They know Humi's coming down the line. So, yeah, Humi gets a nine for me. I didn't mention who who has writing credits on that. That's Cliff, Lars, and James. Obviously, Cliff having a heavy part in that, uh, with, with that intro. The next song, Fade to Black, with writing credits for all four members of Metallica, Kirk, Lars, James, and Cliff. Fade to Black was their first official, quote, ballad, and was inspired when their gear got stolen. Well, they were on tour. They had to cancel a whole tour date because somebody stole all their damn gear. And it they sounds just... like it sounds like it's a more serious, like seriously themed song. And then you hear that, and it's just like, hmm. well, it's it's the end of the world for a touring band. I get it, especially at that level at the time. Well, well, as we've already said, they kind of had everything going for them, and they were rolling the album. You know, like you know, they're they're you know, getting ready to write their second album, 
and they they felt like they were finally getting a good roll on, and then all of a sudden all their gear is stolen. And now what do they do? They don't have the money for the new gear, so they borrowed some from Anthrax. You know, so they had to like you know get more gear, and I can just see that as a major roadblock or major like like hole in the road, a big pothole. I gave this song a nine, and that's three nines in a row from me. It, it was very difficult. Again, for all three previous songs, finding that spot. Is this a certifiable 10 in my eyes? And I feel like this is about as close as you can get. I almost want to give it a 10, but I'm pulling back just a little bit. Nate, do your notes disagree yeah. with me? Uh, a little bit. Uh, uh, first of all, possibly the greatest intro with the melancholic acoustic guitar. That lead comes in, piercing, cuts. One of my favorites to play on guitar, one of the earliest ones that I remember learning. Um, this song lyrically is universally relatable, even though we're finding out it's about gear being stolen. And I can understand as a musician having a personal connection to your stuff and then having it be gone and you have no control over would feel like a loss of somebody, which is where I think a lot more people think this song is about the loss of another human life, uh, you know, in the lyrics. Um, the chorus is heavy, but the verse is acoustic, which is cool. I love how they like differentiate that, give it more of a ballady feel, like we were talking about. Uh, ten. It's, Nate's first ten. It's my first ten. First ten. Very nice. Oh, uh, and I said harmonically, it's a masterpiece because it is harmonically a masterpiece. Dick, do you agree? Uh, let's go with a nine and a half. I'm gonna go with a nine and a half. Uh. This is a song that I originally heard, and I didn't even know it was a Metallica song. I heard it. Uh, that that's a, there's a trend with me hearing songs, thinking, I not or not knowing that it's a cover, like Holy Diver. I didn't know that was a cover. Smooth Criminal. I didn't know that was a cover from Alien Ant Farm. Um, this I heard. Uh, it was it was in my LimeWire days. I was just downloading a shit ton of Disturbed songs, of course, and uh, so. I <laughs> <laughs> so I see Nate Black, and it's, it's on the Music as a Weapon Two live album, mm -hmm. and uh, it's it's a it's a really condensed, shortened version of it, yeah. and it, it's just, I mean, they they do it flawlessly. Um, and yeah, then I hear it the, makes you want to hear that, like hear them go wild on it, like oh, I know, yeah. but no, so fade to black. You got again, you got that melancholy intro, and then you get. Yeah, and then James enters, and it's it's still so sad, and it's depressing as fuck. And then, and oh, I love that. And then, then of course, like later off when it, when it finally starts kicking off, and you you hear that little those little gallops a lot in this album. That's like a, a theme mm -hmm. of this album is those gallops. Yeah. I love that song. Nine and a half. Nick. Uh, I'm getting it a 10. It is my 10. favorite. It is my favorite song by them. Um, I guess there's not, there's not a whole lot more to say. Um, yeah. Everything about it, the intro, uh, the way, the way they jump from the acoustic to the, to the electric in the middle when they uh, transition from the first half of the song to the second half of the song, uh, the guitar solo is is probably my favorite solo um, in their whole discography, just because it's it's not so much blistering as it is like soulful. Yes. Um, yeah, my favorite. 
10. Perfect. Yeah. So I just want to add before we head on to the next song that what I said at the very beginning of Five Fire with Fire holds true here as well, where we see like a, a true evolution of their songwriting. You know, from Kill 'em All to this, you can see where the band has grown. Like, oh, yeah. Exponentially. Yes. Oh, yes. You know, you never would have heard a song like this, per, like pulled off like this during the just even a year prior, which is awesome to show that like a, just a year removed, they were writing this song, you know, and it just shows like, you know, Cliff and Kirk's influence, you know, coming in, you know, when, when like when you see a track where Cliff or Kirk have a writing credit, it's a completely different than just James and Lars sitting there like, well, hey, James, what, like, what are we going to do on this one? <laughs> like, maybe I'll do this, you know? No, like. Uh, I love your Lars impression. <laughs> hey, hey there, dudes. <laughs> it's, not, it's not even his best Lars impression. <laughs> no, it isn't. It, 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 I've had some, I've, I've got so some pretty good. fun. He's really good at saying anger, Lars. <laughs> that's the best one because that's the biggest. Like, there's the, some kind of monster, Lars. Well, you, I guess. you can find a lot in there for to just replicate what he says. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, for for sure. He's for, stock, man. I just I said this just sounds fucking stock. Jeez. Let me think uh, about what I'm gonna say here. Careful. Okay, so next song, "Trapped Under Ice." It's the first track on side two of the record. I didn't. I didn't say that any time on the other episode. Anyway, Hetfield, <laughs> Hetfield, Hammett, and Ulrich have writing credits here for "Trapped Under Ice." You, you almost kind of go back into the, you know, going from fade to black and showing how far they've come. "Trapped Under Ice" almost brings it back into thrash territory yes. here for this song. And um, even though I like it personally, I do. I I, I do dig it. This is my. I gave it a seven. I kind of dropped it down a little bit because I don't think it's on the same level as Fight Fire with Fire or any of the other tracks that kind of came before it. So uh, going coming up next, Nick. Nick, man, what do you got for me on Trapped Under Ice? Uh, I give it an eight. Um, it's I, I really like it. Um, something about the chorus. Uh, I like the way that uh, I like the way that they that they did the the vocals there. Um, and it's always one. It's like I, I I have this this thing with songs too, where like I said on uh, um, Kill 'Em All, like you can ride the high off of one song so hard that it you just you're in such a good mood on the next song. Yeah, uh, I think Trapped Under Ice gets that gets that kind of treatment. Um, so yeah, I give it a I gave it an eight. All right, Dick, what hit me with it? What you got on this one? Seven. Seven. Uh, it's it's just it's just a good it's it's a thrasher. Like Nick said, it's it's just a thrashy song. I feel like it's got a it's got some cool riffs and some cool different uh, progressions that into different riffs. The the thing I remember most about this song is that it's on Guitar Hero World Tour, and I had okay. a lot of people playing it because uh, <laughs> that that was when I was finally starting to like try to do better at Guitar Hero and playing on hard and st- and expert and stuff. So I, it was really in once I got to that that level in the game, I was like, ah, Metallica thrash can't rhythm <laughs> but, uh, the metallica yeah. version of guitar hero was fucking awesome yes. oh, yeah that that had Good five fire with fire mm-hmm. yeah um, man, that version of that of the game introduced me to machine head which has now become one of my favorite really? oh yeah because nice. i yeah. i love machine head oh, beautiful mornings on that on guitar hero metallica that, the blackening oh. it's such a it's 
such a seminal album. Maybe we'll get there. Maybe we'll get there. Let's keep. We'll, yeah, we'll yeah. But no. Now. So, Trapped Under Ice was also on uh, Batman and Robin, correct? Was that on <laughs> what? That? what? No, it was not. It really? Maybe, no, it maybe was Austrian Death Machine, and he was making fun of it. I yes, don't know. yes, he was. Okay, that, <laughs> okay, that's where. <laughs> yes, trapped wow. under ice. Come on, you idiots! Now, let me just say before we move on to the next wow. song. Oh no, wait, Nate. Nate still has to give his thing. That's right. But I just want to come in and interject that I am severely disappointed in Metallica for having played a show on Ant- in Antarctica on Antarctica and didn't play this song. Didn't play Trapped Under Ice. How? How missed opportunity. Earth? I mean, they were under the ice technically, so they didn't have to play it. <laughs> you are fucking missing the point on purpose. They weren't even on ice. <laughs> we're on we're on tundra. They weren't even on ice. We're not trapped on this ice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Easily fixable. <laughs> oh shit. Uh, Nate, what do you okay. got for me? It's jamming tune, okay? Yeah. The 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 post chorus like scream at Michael, mystified forevermore. Like that thing is yeah. one of my favorites. Oh, yeah, no, all, I, it's I dig that it's part. groovy. But one thing that I don't think anybody noticed and hasn't been said yet uh, so far as I've heard, this song, pay attention, it really is laying riff wise the groundwork for what is to come in justice not necessarily in puppets but heavily justice there's a lot of similarities in the way they 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 are utilizing their riffs this song's a seven for me straightforward it's a seven all right up next we have james heffield's least favorite metallica song escape written by james lars and kirk this song was the last song to be written for the album and was done so uh, by the encouragement of the label to try and get a more palatable. Like we 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 we, we kind of thought that maybe, you know, that that maybe what happened with Jump in the Fire and White Sound different. This one was a we want you to write a a song that's going to get radio play. And because of that, Did James <laughs> James doesn't like it. Uh, I don't it, know the song. It's only ever been played uh, once, and it ever, and it was when Metallica played it when they played the entire album in its entirety for uh, for an anniversary gig. Uh, Escape, Dick, you, what do you got to say for me about Escape? Uh, six. I don't remember it. Okay. Yeah, I'm, that's all I got. I mean, the song is in, is heavily influenced <laughs> by the uh, uh, by the uh, by the movie. Um, oh, about Alcatraz, Escape from Al- uh, Escape from Alcatraz. So they wrote a song about Alcatraz, essentially, or being in prison. So that's so funny. <laughs> um, Nick, we'll go with you next. Like, what you got for me? Not much. Not much. I agree. I agree. I agree with James. It's um, it's the most forgettable song, and it, we're only on album two. Yeah. Um, but didn't did not stick out to me. I gave it a six. Okay. It's eight out of eight on my album list. Okay. Um, and now that I'm, I've got, as I'm looking at the titles, it is the only forgettable track. Every other, every other song, I'm like, totally awesome, absolutely love it. And this one's like, that snuck in there, didn't it, guys? And hearing that it's like the label was trying to push them to do it, it's like, well, you guys almost had a perfect record, almost. And, and then you had and they, forced you, they forced escape on you, so. 
I wish that my ears could have escaped. <laughs> it took me six songs to finally get to half-ass mode, but we made it. <laughs> um, I'll go next and let Nate go last since he's got notes. Um, I like how that's just a running theme, a running gag. He, he's got the most to say. I gave it a seven and feel like pretty much exactly what, didn't, what, what Dick and Nick have already said. It's kind of forgettable. Um, it, it's, you can see elements here of what they will probably do later when they strip their sound down, but, but then they will do it better. Uh, if that makes any sense, like when it's time to actually <laughs> strip away some of the more complexities of what they're trying to pull off musically, by the time they hit it up in the black album, in the load eras, I feel like they're much better uh, songwriters at that point in time. And so, and at that point they weren't being pushed to write anything that's more palatable. It's, it's where they went naturally as an artist. So uh, when it comes from you naturally, it definitely flows better. Nate, what do you got? Uh, what do you got for me? Uh, uh, I'm going to sound like the fucking guy at the label who pushed James to, <laughs> to do this song. <laughs> I wrote the dark horse of the album. Vastly different from structure to key. They change everything about their style. Infectious chorus with big rock feels. That bridge breakdown grooves. Uh, and then the dual vocal and guitar lead outro where it's like almost a air raid siren happening in the background too as everything's fading out is is pretty fun. Now d- does all that that I wrote mean that it like is a 9 or something? No. It's still only like a 7.75. Uh but it is a song that I do remember. I have again different connections to this album uh <clears throat> because it was one of the earlier ones that I was listening to in my finding of this band. So yeah, that's what I got. What was your rank on that? 7.75. So just to add to what I said um, about the song, that it was originally titled The Hammer and was intended to be released as a single due to its lighter riffs and conventional song structure. Um, it, it, Escape is Hetfield's most disliked uh, song due to being forced Book authors Mick Wall and Malcolm Dome said the song was influenced by album-oriented rock of the 70s, such as Journey and Foreigner, but but fans perceived it as an attempt for an early airplay for rock radio, and they've only performed the song once in 2012. So, there we are with that one. Um, uh, Yeah, I gave it a 7. I don't know if I said that. I think you did. All right, next song. Creeping Death with being penned by all four members of, of the current lineup, Cliff, Kirk, Lars, James. I'm going to start with Dick. What do you think about Creeping Death? I give Creeping Death a 10. That's just another seminal banger from just bands I've heard play it. Like Narrow House used to play it back mm-hmm. in the day. Yeah. And- I mean, again, it was another song that I didn't know was a Metallica song. But going forward and hearing the actual thing and and, and then rehearing it more recently, uh, and I listened through for this, it's I, I it's a banger. I, I can't say anything more than that. Uh, the, lyric, the lyrical content, uh, the story of like Moses and the, the mm-hmm. plagues and all that shit, it's so cool. Um, yeah, 
Ten. Again, again, kind of like more mature in his songwriting. He's actually like taking a look at more, uh, like movies like Ten Commandments, uh, uh different works that like you know, like we like we just said, Escape from Alcatraz, and and you know, all these different you know, more mature themes. This song gets my first ten. So it's my very first ten. I feel that Creeping Death, for the early days of Metallica, especially for these first two albums, is the quintessential example. If I were to play any one song and say this is Metallica, at for this moment of time, it would have been Creeping Death. Yeah. Because yeah. it's got everything that they do. It's got their thrashiness. It's got their grooviness. It's got a cool little, like, you almost want to call it like a, Almost like a breakdown <laughs> when they do the do the riff change and they, and they start incorporating that 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 fist throwerness from yeah I was about to say this is another fucking fist pumper you know like getting the crowd to chant die not what know? he called it last time he's <laughs> no, changed I, the no, name no he changed it he <laughs> I, I didn't change it it was fist thrower and then I pumper okay. because you're pumping your fist fist oh. oh. makes me feel like fist throwing makes me feel like I'm punching it brings that in it also oh, brings in the seek and destroy. <laughs> Uh, search getting the fans to you know to to chant search in, and they and then James you get a streal. This is getting everybody to shout die. Who doesn't want to shout die at a metal concert? You know, take take right, a break. We got, I, I always loved it live when it's just the drums and the bass still going. The doom 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 doom. He goes, hey, how the fuck you guys doing out there? Yeah, huh? <laughs> yeah, we're gonna kick some ass here, but I need some help from you first. I want you to repeat after me. And he just starts chanting die and gets everybody doing it. And he's like, yeah, <laughs> this is easy. You know, <laughs> no, James makes look controlling a crowd look easy, especially like, after, like, you know, he's been doing it for, for decades, but this was one of those songs that, that encompassed all of those elements into one song. And yes, this is banger. Nate, what do you got for me? Masterfully crafted song. It's got Maiden and Merciful Fate vibes, mm-hmm. which I mean, evident in thematically what they're talking about, and then just with the riff style and the way they make the song happen. Uh, the pre-chorus riff that you're talking about—that's almost a breakdown—is utter perfection. Um, I love their exotic note selection. It's not like they didn't use typical scales. It's more Egyptian. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you hit the die, die, die thing makes you headbang every time. It, it just you die. Uh, I'm, I'm already doing it like it happens. Uh, sonically and thematically, this is a true epic. <laughs> You're gross. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> dual guitar lead outro absolutely kills. That you know, that's your maiden feel right there. The do 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 do, and the both, bow, 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 bow. both guitars doing it. Yeah, and then of course the the other maiden thing. As soon as you said maiden was the uh, was a little di- a diddle of the solo coming out of the of, of the die section back into the verse. The like yeah, there it is. Oh yeah, nine point five oh. It's near perfection. All right, that leaves Nick. Uh, I gave it an eight. It's a uh, it's banger, hundred percent banger. Uh, and uh, Nate just said it. It's an epic. It's it's got a little bit of everything. Um, that the uh, whatever we're calling it breakdown uh, is just totally badass. Um, yeah, banger. That's all I got. That's all I got. You guys all said it all. Doc Banger in the house. Banger. <laughs> I, I gave it. It's a four out of eight on the album for me. Nice. So, the, top fitty on this one. 
the very last song, the closer, is an instrumental, The Call of Cthulhu, with writing credits going to James, Lars, Cliff, and Dave Mustaine. Um, a massive departure from the first instrumental, because this features an actual instrumental from every member of the band, not just a bass solo. And it's their attempt to try and tell a story without words. And they, they, they've done it a few, you know, they have a few other instrumentals in their catalog. But this was the, like, uh, other than anesthesia, but, but this is the first one that really tries to do something atmospheric. Nate, we're going to start with you. What, are your, what, like, what is your hot take on The Call of Cthulhu? It's an instrumental epic, which another word I, I try not to throw around lightly, but when it's necessary, you got to give it props. It slowly builds to this absolute chaos unleashing. You can envision the the monstrosity leaving the sea and, and being released into this world, and, and, and it's very dramatic. It's evil, and here's this word again. While it's a very evil-sounding song, very groovy. It's still very grooving. Uh, and of course, the last thing I wrote, it's very important. I want to make sure I say it now. It's the second best Metallica instrumental in their history. It's a nine out of 10 for me. Nine. All right. Nick, we'll hit you next. Uh, this is, I give it a 9.5. 9. Uh, second favorite on the album. Um, I think what got me into Metallica in the first place was the instrumentals. Um, so before I even went through and really listened to the different albums, I think I'd heard Orion and someone had mentioned like, Oh, they do, they do an instrumental on each, on each album. So I would just go through and pick them out. Um, so the instrumentals are always my favorites. Um, and yeah, the way that it, that it builds up the, the sick guitar solo in the middle. Um, I absolutely love it. It's, uh, I think it's, I think it's also probably my second favorite of the instrumentals. Um. Yeah. Shout out to Dave. You you snuck in one more time. Gave us one more badass Metallica song. Yeah. Dick, what you got? Give it an eight and a half. Uh, eight point five. That is. Um. It's a cool song. I feel like it's a song that really just encapsulates everything they wrote on the album. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was one of the first instrumentals I heard by them back in the day i think the first time i heard this album i was on my way to the very first mayhem festival in 2008 and uh it, it's just we just ha- listened to this song or this album on repeat just over and over and over all the way there all the way back which is an hour hour drive or so from delphi to noblesville so um yeah it was just it's a cool song. I think it's another one. If I remember right, it's another one of those songs that has like that galloping part that I really like. Yeah. Yeah. You guys have all said it. It's, it's, it's probably my third favorite of the Metallica instrumentals. Yeah. This is, this one was difficult because I, I struggled with my ranking on this one. Primarily, because you know, not only am I judging, uh, not only am I like ranking it against everything else on the album, but also, as you guys have said, the other instrumentals. And I gave it an eight. I feel that there are times where the song kind of just kind of repeats itself one too many times. Again, it's an eight, so I I do think it's up there, and it is a banger. And I and and I agree with that whole the whole middle section of how it creates the tension of like, you know, rising out of the sea, you know, like the, it just gets dark and, um, a little bit of a spoiler. Uh, that number might be different on S and M. So 
Something to look forward to when we get to S&M there. Um, so, shall we go down? Brando's rank for Ride the Lightning is 8.375. Nate's is 8.78. Dick is 8.43. And Nick is 8.12. Which gives us the master rank of 8. Point, wait, yeah, 8.42. I almost said the exact same number again. <laughs> the highest ranking song on the album is Fade to Black at 9.6 with Creeping Death at number two at 9.3. So what is the least? What is the lowest ranking song on the album? That would be Trapped. It's going to be Trapped Under Ice at 7.25. So, I mean, overall... As I as, as as we've all said at different points, the growth is very noticeable. Going from Kill 'Em All directly into Ride the Lightning, you can definitely hear where they've grown as musicians. You both in penmanship uh, and, and 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 in their lyrics, they're coming off as a more seasoned band, even though it's only a year later. Yeah, uh, I have final thoughts on this. Go for it. Uh, I just, I just have. It's a brilliantly curated album. Uh, I think, aside from Escape, which we find that's something James didn't want on the album, it's still brilliantly curated, way ahead of its time. And ultimately, this is the first test drive of their epic imaginations to find symphonic balance with more than just the four members. What I mean by that is, this is the earliest time in their career you can go, oh. This is why Symphony and Metallica one day will work because they're creating like that. They have this bigger idea and song structure. It's why, spoiler alert, Call of Cthulhu on SM has uh, even more impact and punch because even back here in 84, they are visualizing this sound that they maybe don't necessarily hit every time, but that is so big you can't forget it. And yeah, that's my final thoughts. So right after, like the tour after this, it, it, it was, you know, they were going to start working on Master of Puppets uh, and, 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 they, and they finish up the American leg of the tour in May of 85. Um, they also appeared at the Monsters of Rock Festival in Donington in front of 70,000 fans. Probably one of the bigger, you know, uh, venues that they've had at the time, and they replaced in between Rat and Bon Jovi. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> oh, <laughs> the people there were in for a treat. Yep. <laughs> uh, at the start of the set, Hetfield pronounced to the audience, "If you came here to see spandex eye makeup and the words 'Oh baby' in every fucking song, this ain't the fucking band." And then just two weeks later, they appeared at the Day on the Green, which we've already said, in Oakland, California. That was in front of 90,000 people. Nice. And uh, so this album was very instrumental to getting them signed to a major label, to Elektra, and to their growth. And we're going to see that growth uh, again when we get to the next album, when we look at Master of Puppets, which I'm very interested you know, I'm very interested to see how that ranks out because you know there there have been some surprises along the way. You know, I I honestly did not expect a ten to be thrown out on the on, on the first episode and kill them all, and we've had a couple of tens here as well. In fact, everybody 
now has a 10. They've all thrown out a 10. A couple multiples. Uh, <laughs> I, I think uh, Dick's Dick, a nonstop 10 machine. Dick yeah. has been throwing out those 10s, He's man. Them off like both Nick and Nate rated Fade to Black a 10. I was pretty close with that. I, I debated that for a while. So that was almost three tens. But no, Creeping Death is my 10 for sure on this album. Can't wait for the next one. Guys, if there's nothing else, I think that wraps us up for this episode of Rank Em All. Yeah. 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 And the next time we see you, we'll be, we will be ranking Master Puppet. So please give that album a, a listen. And go check out the first episode of this one if you haven't yet done so. Check out Kill Em All and Ride the Lightning. Great albums. Uh, of course, I have been Brando. Of course, joining me here has been Nick Maxson. Thanks for having me. It was fun. Yeah, no, no, yeah, absolutely no problem. And we look forward to getting together again in the future to talk about more. Dick, Tyner, how you doing, bud? Thanks for coming on the show. Ooh. <sighs> Yeah, you know what? I, I'm loving that you were so loud, and the the internet decided to be like, "Nope, we're gonna cut you out right in the middle of that ooh," just to He's pad flipping. that, just to pad that just a little bit. Nope. I thought it was just a weak ooh. <laughs> it might have been. A- ooh. <laughs> ooh. <laughs> and Nate, thank you so much for being here again with your um, with your master of notes. Ooh, ever, I like that one. Ever the note taker. Of course, I've got my little bit of info to kind of. Go along the way. I've got I've got a lot of random Metallica knowledge to sprinkle along the way. There's going to be some rank them all sessions we do, and probably some bands that I won't be I won't be that. I'll, I'll just be here like, hey guys, yeah that that one was a seven. It was good, you know. <laughs> I won't be able to be this way with everybody. Yeah. So uh, yeah, guys, thank you guys so much for being here, and thank all you guys out there out there for listening. Uh, I didn't do this on the first episode, and I don't know why, but you can check out this podcast on the Podcastrophy feed. Uh, for all your audio hopes, just search podcast for and all the great podcasting platforms, as well as you can check us out on the Journey into Comics Network YouTube channel with for the video versions. I don't know why I did not do this at all. I was uh, completely so excited to talk about music that I didn't like. I didn't even do any of the plugs, any of the. It homework. was the pilot. It was the pilot. It don't was. It, it, well, we also just kind of jumped in and said, "Okay, let's hit record and go." So we did. yeah, no one's gonna listen to this episode because they're not gonna know where to get it. I know. So at the beginning of the next one, master, everyone's going to listen to the Master Puppets one anyway. At the beginning of the next one, we're going to tell everybody where they can find this shit. Um, and maybe I'll do a, a little pre-record. I don't know. We'll figure it out. As we're still figuring, I mean, I mean, we, I, I mean I've, I've already figured out what I'm going to rank the next album. So anyway, guys, we'll, we're going to find that out next time uh, here on Rank Em All. So until next time, we've been the panel, and you guys have been the listener, and we will see you later on. Later.